0: So let's talk about legal precedent, the absence of legal precedent, and why the absence of legal precedent should not stop the Department of Justice from indicting a criminal former president. Because justice matters. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So let's talk about setting legal precedent, doing something for the first time in a court of law. I wrote a piece for MSNBC Daily, that's MSNBC's online opinion site, and it was published yesterday, and here's the title. Trump Organization Charges Could Open the Indictment Floodgates. And I believe it could, or at least create a significant crack in the prosecutorial dam. And here's why. As a prosecutor for 30 years, I sort of know how we operate, right? No, we're not monolithic. We don't all make identical decisions, but prosecutors tend to act within certain parameters or certain boundaries. And one thing I can tell you is prosecutors don't like doing something for the very first time they don't like bringing a case that has no precedent right what we like is having a legal blueprint something that the appellate courts have already blessed right it gives us a comfort level it gives us cover if we can point to precedent we can point to authority where something has been done before and the appellate court said yes, we looked at it, we considered it, it was lawful, it was constitutional, it was appropriate and we affirm your decision to to do what you did in the trial court. That's precedent and prosecutors want precedent because it makes us comfortable. Here's the thing folks, Everything that is now precedent had to be done for the first time. But prosecutors hate taking maiden legal voyages. Why? Well, because the legal waters can be very choppy, treacherous even. And your legal boat might sink. You might fail. You might lose. And prosecutors really hate losing. Some might observe that the fear of losing cases is one of the things that keeps prosecutors from bringing really tough cases to trial. And I will tell you from my 30 years on the inside of the prosecutorial practice, I think that's fair criticism. So let's put this on the table right now. A criminal U.S. president has never been prosecuted, so there is no precedent. Other countries prosecute their criminal leaders, their criminal presidents, their criminal prime ministers. France, South Korea, South Africa, Italy, other countries, but not in the U.S. We don't prosecute our criminal former presidents, at least not yet. So it's true, we don't have any precedent for prosecuting a criminal former president, but we don't need anybody. I mean, let's just attack this logically for a minute. You can't possibly maintain that you can't prosecute a criminal former president unless there's precedent, that is, unless you have previously prosecuted a criminal former president. You see what a silly, Argument that is, what a specious argument is, maybe, you know, superficially appealing, but it's a bunch of horse hockey, to use a legal term. You can't possibly maintain that you can't do something unless it's been done before. Well, that means you can't do anything because the thing has to be done for the first time in order for it to become precedent. The, the more important question, really the only question, is is there anything prohibiting us? from prosecuting a criminal former president for his crimes? And the answer is no. There is no law, there is no statute, there is no appellate court opinion, there is no Supreme Court precedent saying you can't prosecute a former criminal president. Now, there is that horrific memo, that opinion from the DOJ Office of Legal Counsel from years ago saying you can't prosecute a sitting criminal precedent, which also falls under the category of horse hockey, because the whiz kids at the Office of Legal Counsel took that position, even though there's no law, no statute, no appellate court decision, and no Supreme Court precedent supporting it, standing for that proposition. The OLC attorneys just said, yeah, we don't think it's a good idea for anybody to be able to prosecute our boss, the president, the head of the executive branch for which we as members of the Department of Justice work. But I digress because that has to do with prosecuting a sitting criminal president, not a former president. So the Department of Justice can, should, and must take a maiden legal voyage, indict and prosecute Donald Trump for his many crimes against the laws of the United States, against we the people. And if you'll give me three more minutes, I'll tell a couple of quick personal stories that involve maiden legal voyages that I took as a prosecutor, if you're interested. Um, And sometimes I won and sometimes I lost. But if it was a righteous cause, if it needed to be done to vindicate the rights of victims, to protect the community, and as long as I had a good faith argument based on existing law that I could do it even if there was no precedent, then I did it. Sometimes I won, sometimes I lost. I did it when I prosecuted a guy named Albrecht Muth for killing his wife and he starved himself into incapacitation. So he had to be over in the hospital and could not be brought to the courtroom for the commencement of his trial. And the law says the Constitution has been interpreted as requiring that a defendant be physically present at the commencement of his trial, defined as when jury selection begins, if the prosecution, if the government is to move forward against him in a trial. We couldn't get him to the courtroom. We had no precedent to start the trial, to commence the trial in his absence. You can't try somebody in absentia if they're not present in the courtroom at the beginning of their trial. We did it, we did it, and we were successful. In essence, we set precedent. And if you're really interested, Christoph Waltz made it into a, that, that murder into a major motion picture called Georgetown. You can dial it up on Amazon Prime if you're really interested in the case. But we took a chance and we were successful. We could have lost another case where we brought the first prosecution. Stick with me for one more minute on what's called the urban warfare gun battle theory of homicide liability in the District of Columbia. It's a mouthful, but it was a case that we brought for which there was no precedent and we fought like all get out. We won convictions. It went to the appellate court, and the appellate court adopted, sanctioned, blessed what we decided to do for the first time in the courts of Washington, D.C., specifically the Superior Court. We took a maiden legal voyage and we created precedent, and here is what the appellate court said about it. I'm just going to read one or two sentences. The court said the factual scenario of a gun battle on city streets, as in this case, is relatively new. While urban gun battles years ago involved revolvers or clipped pistols of limited firepower, they have now escalated to the use of automatic and semi-automatic weapons. The results are pocket wars with no rules of engagement, resulting in a highly increased risk to non-combatants. It is this increased risk to innocent bystanders which justifies the application of proximate cause liability to those participants who willfully choose to engage in these urban gun battles. That's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo, folks, but what we did is we took a maiden legal voyage. We tried something for the first time and it became precedent. You know, on the one hand, I want to say it's not that hard to do. On the other hand, it's the hardest thing in the world to do, taking a maiden legal voyage. But if it's right, and if it's just, and if it's fair, and if you need to do it to vindicate the rights of the victims and protect the community and hold the perpetrator accountable, you do it. There's no shame in taking a righteous case to trial and losing it. There's nothing but shame in declining to take a difficult case to trial, in declining to take a righteous, supportable maiden legal voyage for fear of losing, for fear of embarrassment, for fear of failure. There's nothing but shame if that is what motivates prosecutors to decline to hold accountable a former criminal president because justice matters. Folks, thank you for uh, sticking with me through those uh, personal stories where as a prosecutor, I decided to take a maiden legal voyage. Um, Sometimes I was successful, sometimes I wasn't, sometimes I failed, I lost, but I never regretted sort of fighting the good fight for justice. And that's what the Department of Justice needs to do on behalf of the American people, in my opinion. So as always, folks, please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow.